0: Welcome to The Unbiased School Podcast with your host, Kristen Boyer. Katerina Chen, and Paul Muser. Let's have a
1: show. All right, today we're going to be talking about how high schoolers use the college admission system in the high school education system in order to give themselves an advantage in the system.
2: Yeah, so basically, I mean, I think a lot of high schoolers treat like high school like an equation when they're trying to get into a good school and they think like that that's to do exactly this and like follow all these steps and that's how they're going to get into the best school.
1: And there's a good reason for that because if you look online, you're mm-hmm. going to be seeing a lot of articles on how to get into college, how to get into your dream mm-hmm. school, what Harvard wants, everything mm-hmm. like that.
0: And actually, it all starts way at the beginning, even before you go into high school, even Mm -hmm. in middle school. Um, I remember when I was in middle school, I could see these um, US News ranking books. Mm -hmm. You know, these massive books with all the school profiles and had all the rankings. And at the time, it didn't mean much to me, but then when you become a freshman, a sophomore, Mm -hmm. even a junior, you start seeing these rankings. You're seeing uh, Niche is one website that provides rankings. Um, The Princeton Review provides rankings. Uh, US uh, News and rankings, they also provide rankings. So you have, there's so much information coming at you, besides even before you delve into what you need to do to get mm-hmm. there, these, everyone is telling you this is the top school, this is the top school, and it just creates like a cloud of confusion for students.
2: Yeah, and people are thinking like, how am I going to get into this school, right? I mean like 4% acceptance rate, what do they want? And so they're going to look and try and see other people who got in and try and formulate that. I mean it's natural, I mean it's human nature. But what you see is a lot of people who are not like following their passion, instead they're Following someone else's passion to try and look like they're a student who's determined, a student who's passionate, a student who likes a lot of different things, and a well-rounded student. But what in reality, really, they they really just have one goal, and it's getting into the best college possible.
0: Yeah, and actually, these you know, these multiple avenues by which students take to mm-hmm. beat the system, or to play the system, or to mm-hmm. come out. At the top, uh, at, the, at the end of four years, and so there's obviously the academic path. We have the athletic path, the athletic path, and then you have the extracurriculars. So you'll have students, as Paul talked about, students who are worried about being well-rounded, students who are worried about showing that they're leaders. Mm-hmm. And for most part, for the most, for the most part of it, is we have students who are actually interested in this stuff, who are actually interested in being leaders, and they do do that. But then a good chunk of those students mm-hmm. are doing it because they read somewhere online that if you're part of, um, you know, UNICEF club, mm-hmm. that, that looks really good for college. And so even though we have a number of students who are actually interested in the UNICEF club, sometimes even the greater majority is they're doing it because someone told them it looks Mm -hmm. good. And then if you go academics... You know, we have, you know, if you take an AP, that looks really good. If you take mm-hmm. an easy honors class, that's really good because, you know, it, so there's all these things that you do and, you know, you talk athletics, people will tell you, you have to do a varsity sport, you have to do a varsity mm-hmm. sport, you have to do two, three varsity sports. And so it seems even before coming to high school and even before experiencing your first quarter of high school, mm-hmm. there's already a list or a path that you can take to end up at your dream school. Mm-hmm.
1: And also, a lot of things are already determined for you once you have got to high school. Because at high school, you're already being put into certain math classes based on how, mm-hmm. how you performed in middle school. Even though, um, say you're passionate in math, like in 6th grade, if you had a bad year, you got put into the first yeah. track of math, now mm-hmm. you're behind. Like, now you're in a different, mm-hmm. and maybe you just won't do math anymore, even though that's like, And now math can't
0: be your thing because mm-hmm. you're a grade behind. So he mm-hmm. doesn't, and that's actually, Keeshan, you bring mm-hmm. up a, a great point where, you know, you have a bad math, you, you have a bad year in 6th grade, which makes sense because you're in sixth grade Mm -hmm. and you know you might not be the math genius that everyone else is but that you know that predetermines what what you become of math and so that that's actually a really good point you could have just had a really bad sixth grade Mm -hmm. year because that's you know that's sixth grade Mm -hmm. but now you have to deal with that now when you come to high school you're you're behind and it's it's a different feeling and it it, i think it impacts how you look Mm -hmm. at your ability to do math
2: And people feel like they're behind, right? Obviously, they feel like they're behind, whether it's like in sixth grade they didn't get into a good math class or they're having a tough time in chemistry. And that pushes a lot of people to try and cheat. And what you're seeing, uh, at least I think in general, in a lot of high schools is a lot of kids who are trying to be academically dishonest and they're trying to break the system. I mean, you saw this with the college admission scandal. I mean, parents want the best for their kids and they're willing to pay tens of thousands of dollars for them to get a better score on the SAT because apparently that's all that matters for college admissions
0: exactly and what what what, what that example she brings up is that it's not just the students cheating the system mm-hmm. it's the parents helping them right mm-hmm. in that example I think it was uh, McLaughlin it is
2: uh, Lori Laughlin Lori Laughlin uh, like that um, right? mm-hmm. she's
0: paying off you know she's her daughter is supposed to be on this sports team that she has never played the sport, but mm-hmm. now she's going to USC for that. And I think that, that that's really indicative of what the college process is. The college mm-hmm. process is not just a student doing things because they look good or a student, you know, stealing that test and getting that grade to get you know that award. Mm-hmm. It's it's it goes far beyond where the parent is paying off mm-hmm. someone yeah. taking an SAT for the student, where a parent is you know the paying off for a student to get recruited for a sport that they don't play. So it's it mm. seems like it's a collective effort, you know, wrong type of effort, mm. but it's a collective effort to get your son, daughter, or whatever and, into the best. And class.
2: even when it's not about like breaking the law, there's also college counselors, right? I mean, a lot of people get college counselors since they're freshmen who are telling them like, oh, you should do this club, you should do this, not necessarily because you like it.
1: Just because it's, what you, it's
2: what you need to do. I mean, it's the job you have to complete to do to get where you want to be.
1: And um, with the Lori Laughlin, like, um, her daughter, you know, never played that sport. But, you know, she's playing that game so that she can go down that mm-hmm. path of being an athletic superstar, which colleges want.
2: Mm-hmm. Ob-
1: obviously, she isn't athletically inclined because she's mm-hmm. not playing that sport in college. So... It's just the way like people with a lot of money, they're able to like skip all Mm -hmm. the hard work that people do to go down that path, become a great athlete and Yeah, and that brings a question
0: like and this is actually a question I have for you guys, how much how much impact do you think wealth and financial reach has in terms of where a student ends up in college?
2: I mean, I think it's almost everything for most schools, right? I mean, if you look at a UMass Amherst or any other normal big state school, they're just gonna look at your GPA and your test scores, and if they're good, which usually means you have wealth, it's the top, the top determiner of um, SAT scores actually wealth and race. That's the, that's what determines your SAT score, and so what you see is these big state schools are gonna take kids just based off their scores, and then you're gonna see some some of the higher end schools who are gonna try and differentiate and try and find students who are truly passionate, try and find students who underprivileged and try and even things out. But it's also very difficult, and there are not many schools do, that really do take into account, like, holistically, what every student has had to go through, what every student has, like, done with the opportunities they've had. Mm-hmm.
0: And even when they do, even when, when schools, we have these top-end schools who are looking at things holistically, what usually happens is that the underrepresented, usually mm-hmm. minorities, they're, they're getting cut out because they for them it's you know if you play an instrument for them they play because they're passionate about it because mm. it's a way to get away from the distractions it's a yeah. way for them to have something to look forward to but mm-hmm. what 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 actually ends up happening is that you know wealthy students use that to their mm-hmm. advantage so if a school is saying oh we want we we we're doing a holistic review we want you to be a one round we want you mm-hmm. to do all these things the minorities or the underrepresented students will do that But the people who are in a position of power, who have wealth, Mm -hmm. will just do that at a ridiculous Mm -hmm. level where it's like, you know, you can't even compete with them anymore Mm. because you'll have someone nationally ranked on an instrument, nationally ranked in biology, nationally ranked in all these things, which is great. But a lot of the time, that's indicative of how much money people have. Now, granted, I'm not taking anything away from anyone. I think if you work hard, you'll see it. But a lot of the times, you know, if you can afford to pay for a a $5,000 trip, Model UN trip across the world, then you're probably going to be inclined to do that. But if Mm -hmm. you can't, you can't. No matter how much you care about Model UN, you just can't do it. And I think Mm -hmm. there are direct examples where financial reach directly determines what you can do and what you can't.
1: Yeah, and even in, like, um, activities that are supposed to be passion-based, there's obviously this huge wealth gap between, like, people who are able to afford these Mm amazing things. Like, personally, I play viola and I'm in part of Boston Youth Symphony Orchestra's, mm-hmm. but the cost of that program is thousands of dollars per year. And I'm sure that there's many talented, um, talented people who can't afford that program. Mm-hmm. And that's not going on their college admissions because they can't afford it, not because they're not good.
2: Yeah, exactly. You see, like, a lot of people, right, to go to those competitions to pay for these sports that they want to do. You need money. Everything takes money because nothing's free unless nothing's free right I mean, and you have to you have, you have to pay for it and so a lot of the poor people don't get the opportunities because they can't pay for them they can't pay for fencing practice they can't pay for crew practice they can't pay for an athletic sport so i mean they're kind of stuck in this for, loop I mean, where really they're cross
0: skiing because you know if they want
2: tutoring maybe. lessons i mean it's going to be a tough time they're going to have to be looking very very hard like harshly and trying trying to find a tutor who's going to be cheap or will do it for free oh. but that's, that that that's going to be a hard, but that's hard tough. thing to find no one, yeah.
0: ideally no one people don't acquire knowledge and hmm. skills to be used Without getting paid, so mm-hmm. that's unrealistic. Unrealistic to request that from mm-hmm. anyone. But again, you brought up the example with sports. Even with soccer, we used to play soccer and mm-hmm. we used to play for a club team. Now mm-hmm. we we're very fortunate to be able to afford to play for a club mm-hmm. team. But that club team, I mean, it was thousands of dollars for half a for <laughs> half a year worth of soccer, yeah. and that's ridiculous. I mean, you're, you're quoting me four thousand dollars to play soccer for three months. That's mm-hmm. what I mean. You put that in the scope of the real world, that's like that just doesn't happen. They, it makes zero sense to be paying that much money to, to play a sport. Mm-hmm. And a lot of the times, with underrepresented minorities, underrepresented, underprivileged kids, it's just like if your parents are struggling to put food on the table, you're not going to them and ask them, hey, parents, can you please pay $4,000 for me to play, to kick a ball around for f- three months? <laughs> and that's what it boils down to. Yeah. Like, there's so much, I mean, I love the game of soccer, but when, when it boils down to it, it's kicking a ball around for, for three months. And it, it wasn't even like... It doesn't make sense.
2: To play for the team, you have to pay a certain amount. You had to pay even more to get the uniform, the to get uniform. the jersey, to get the bag, to oh, pay for tournaments. To oh, yeah.
0: And, you know, they away games. And you think about that. Some parents can afford to, you know, miss mm-hmm. work to drop off their kids to soccer. But for the majority of people in America, that's just not the case. There's no mm-hmm. way you can miss, you know, if, you, if you're a nurse, you cannot miss your shift to drop off your soccer, your son at soccer, while you're paying $4,000 for your son to be a soccer.
2: And we're not even mentioning, like, the difference in school level based off where you live, right? If you can afford a private school, obviously that's going to be a much better education. But even, like, a public school, it, every public school is not made equal. And some public schools, I'd even say, are made much worse than others, right? I mean, we're lucky enough to live in Belmont where the schooling system is very good. But I, it, even if you go a few towns over, you can get You go one town some, over and it's completely it's different. different. The atmosphere yeah. is very yeah. different. You go
1: over to Arlington and the the amount of like wealth and the amount of focus on school Mm -hmm. is so high and you see all these kids getting to Ivy Leagues, Mm -hmm. is it because people born in Lexington are inherently smarter? Mm -hmm. Probably not. It's
0: not, it's it's a matter (laughs) of being being in a place where your town drives you in one direction Mm -hmm. and there's, there's this, I guess, Not respect for education because ideally Mm -hmm. I think everyone has respect for education. Is there's this idea where like if you want education and you want to get the best, we can make that happen. We can Mm -hmm. make that as a collective, as a town. And Belmont does a great job of doing. That's something I have to commend Belmont for. Mm -hmm. They have all these programs where if you're struggling in school, if you're coming from a place where you know money is not you know of you don't have a lot excess money, Mm -hmm. they make it so that you can be successful. But Mm -hmm. even with that, I think there's so many examples where it's like you know, why do these students not take these classes because they cannot afford to take the classes because they have to take care of their families and because Mm -hmm. they have to get jobs, because they have to do this. They can't play Mm -hmm. sports because they have to do this. And it's just so much that I think in fact, the majority of American students have to face mm-hmm. that it just puts them out of the running. Like, you know, it, it just, it, it does. You know, you might not, if you, it doesn't matter how interested you are in podcasting, if yeah. you can't, you know.
2: <laughs> if you don't have access to a great media center. If you if you don't, don't, exactly.
0: If you mm-hmm. don't have access to, you know, state-of-the-art yeah. studio, you can't do that, mm-hmm. right? It just, it's, it's the way it is. I mean,
2: some people are born just with less opportunities. And I mean, some schools will try and even it out, but it's, it's obviously difficult and it's very hard to see is this is this person a better applicant than this person because this person had way more to deal with mm-hmm. although this person's application is far better right and
0: actually what I think happens is that that gap between what you can do and what you can't really gets closed down mm-hmm. all throughout middle school and then comes high school and then it gets it, it, it starts it, move, it starts mm-hmm. expanding what happens is that in high schools where you can take the honors classes and you can take the APs and you can take mm-hmm. the extension courses and that's when you start separating. That's when mm-hmm. you start seeing where, even if you have, you take one student who's doing fine, fine whose family's doing fine financially, and the other one who's underprivileged, in, in eighth grade, they'll be very similar because they, they, there isn't a divide, but you come to high school, it's like, you know, here, if you, if you have money, you can take all the sports you want, you can do all the instruments you want, you can do all these clubs you want, but if you don't, you really can't, and then mm-hmm. the divide just grows, and by the time your senior year, right about now, when you're looking at colleges, it's like you're not even in the question because mm-hmm. even if you have the good grades you don't have the clubs or you don't have the sports or you don't have you know you don't have all this stuff where it's like it, it feels like sometimes like the system is meant is set up so that some only if only select few are successful and the mm-hmm. rest are not
1: yeah and that's true not even just in clubs and in sports and stuff like that but in academics as well because to take an AP exam it's $98 or mm-hmm. something in our school and it's um, and to take the SAT it's $30 so to take the SAT multiple times to get a better score people who are struggling with money aren't gonna mm-hmm. do that because they're worried about money Yeah, they'll about take the it SAT.
2: maybe once or even like if really they're struggling with money they won't take they the won't SAT take they'll try and go maybe to a test optional school but most of the time they may not even go to college right because I mean college comes with a price tag as well I mean it, it does. there's and costs associated with everything you know
0: and it's it, college and the, the college's price tag you might that might be you know hard pill to swallow but you might be Inclined to accept that, mm. but the price of an SAT exam that's like mm. that's hard to accept, that's such a small obstacle, it shouldn't even be a thing. But that's mm-hmm. something that holds people back, as you brought up the AP's, the AP exams. Like, you know, if you want a crash course, if you want the Achiever, mm-hmm. all these books that supplement your performance in an AP class and subsequently in an AP exam, mm-hmm. you can't afford those because you know they're hundred and something dollars, so it's like like are you really set up to be successful like you mm-hmm. know it doesn't matter how intelligent you are it doesn't matter how hardworking you are if you can't access the resources if you can't even afford to take the class like, mm-hmm. how, how, how set up for success are you?
2: But I mean, there are resources available I- in their defense that like you just have to be aware, and like students who really don't have those opportunities, they have to be aware. I mean, if you look at Khan Academy, which is now so, like has a lot of free education, now, and there's a lot of online resources, but obviously it's a Actually, w- it's, it's a controversial
0: topic to bring up, and I, I have a bone mm-hmm. to pick with Khan Academy. What's happening is Khan Academy is essentially partnering up with the College Board, mm-hmm. and what that does, it knocks out everyone else. So now Khan Academy is exclusively getting the practice tests from the College Board. It's mm-hmm. not, It's not. as of now, it's not exclusive to Khan Academy, but mm-hmm. as time is gonna go by, it's going to be an exclusive thing. So what I think that actually cuts out opportunity for so many other people. And we're seeing this-
2: with. Well now. right now, there, that's not a problem. Right now, right? So, but it,
0: I, I mean, I, it, it will be a problem. And we see this with Princeton Review and Kaplan where they have access or they get, you know, they get access to uh, practice material, which is, that's great but that's based on the assumption that you can afford to pay $2,000 for an SAT class, <laughs> which for some of us, that sounds like you know it, it's a sacrifice. We can justify that, mm-hmm. at, at least coming from Belmont, most of us can, but for a lot of people, that's $2,000. That's, $2, that's, that's, a, that's mm-hmm. a month paycheck right there. So justifying that in an SAT class, which actually does not guarantee you, doing well mm. is a little hard to swallow and I think it's interesting
2: well some do guarantee but <laughs>
1: some do guarantee
0: but yeah. it's still, you know it still comes down to four hours on a Saturday mm. morning so that's you get to decide yeah. how that goes
1: and colleges are trying to address this by looking at students with financial um, need but honestly one of the problems that comes with that is that people are trying to appear that they have more adversity than they do so mm-hmm. in their college um, like applications, they're trying to act like, oh, I have so much going on, oh, I, my life is so hard, and mm-hmm. they're trying to make their life seem worse, which is kind of, um, like, isn't fair to people who right? actually hard. And, and, I, and I
2: see people making jokes like, oh, I'm going to say I'm gay on my college application because that'll help me somehow, right? To say that I had to deal with this hardship of, like, my whole sexuality throughout high school. But, I mean, you're basically, like, lying to yourself and lying to your whole university. And...
0: Yeah, exactly, and I actually refer to those people as culture vultures, and mm. what they're doing is grabbing a culture that they find fitting and mm-hmm. r- representing that in on uh, their resume. Mm-hmm. And usually the case is that if you identify, people will say, oh, I identify as transgender, I identify as gay, mm-hmm. I identify as all these things, even claiming that they have ethnicity from certain mm-hmm. cultures. And we've had some high, very high-profile people get caught in the in, in the lie of claiming to be a certain culture. Yeah,
2: I mean, I mean, the, the presidential candidate Elizabeth Warren, I mean, I, th- I believe she said she was Native American, when really, I mean, I don't think she's Native American, right? Not Native <laughs> and even
1: if Native she does nat- have Native American heritage, did she ever experience any mm-hmm. hardship because of that 2% of Native American heritage? Mm-hmm. She has blonde hair, she has blue eyes, she appears to... Mm-hmm all appearances, um, to be a white woman. So mm-hmm. how how is her Native American heritage going to help her get a job? Yeah, yeah. When so it it's not even like a never, matter of yeah. like, like, whether you
0: are or not. Did you, did you experience the adversities that come with that, that yeah. come with being a certain something, yeah. which is actually, that's, a, that's an that's interesting a take, that's mm-hmm. an interesting take where it's like, oh, I'm Native American, but like, yeah, you could be Native American, but mm-hmm. have you experienced the, the typical mm-hmm. life of a Native American? And if you haven't, it's not really fair to make that the focal point of your application, yeah. in my opinion. Yeah. You know,
2: it's unfair to the people who have... I mean, it's that unclear to what extent she put that on her application, but she did write she was Native American, and I mean, she clearly not. The DNA test was
0: one-one-thousandth, so that I represented.
2: I think I took argument, a DNA test, and I had 0.1% Native American, and so...
0: And her <laughs> argument was that, you know, her parents are told her that, and, you know, I don't blame them for that. I don't blame her for mm-hmm. being told the wrong thing, but it makes me feel a certain way, and it kind of goes back to this idea where... It's not just the kids trying to get ahead. It's the parents trying to make the kids get ahead. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's the parents making, and I'm not claiming that they did it de- deliberately or that was their plan, but I think it's mm, a little questionable. It's a little questionable. That's a, that's a very, that's something where it's like, you can't mishear that. You can't yeah, mishear like, oh, you're Native American. You, yeah, it's like, I, you know, it doesn't happen like that. You can't accidentally the, And the problem
2: that. with like exactly. lying and exaggerating on a college application is there's someone else who's telling the truth who might be more qualified than you that doesn't get in because you in with got it. In.
1: And the problem with that is, college mm. is so important in mm. today's world that if you're not given that opportunity when you're 18 to go to college because of some disadvantages you face, that your whole mm. life probably will turn out different. I and mean, that's really unfortunate. Mm. And
0: we're not saying better or worse, but it's just different. It mm. cuts out this whole world of opportunity that you now don't have access to. Mm. I mean, you don't go to college there's simply some things that you can't be. There's some things you can't do. You cannot be a doctor if you don't go to college. Mm-hmm. That's I can say that because you need a medical degree to be a doctor, mm-hmm. right? You cannot be a practicing lawyer if you don't have a college degree, right? So they yeah. there's this whole side of being a professional that, that you simply don't even have, pre, you're not privy to because you don't have a college degree. And so I think it goes into, it opens up a can of worms, like, you know, how much emphasis should we put on college? What does, like, you know, what does college mm-hmm. stand for anymore? Is it just more of a, st- like, there's so much to it, but that's a topic we can cover some other the time. Mm-hmm. But I think what we're seeing, what's happening more and more often is that everyone is trying to get ahead and everyone's doing it. You know, everyone's trying to get ahead and the people who have money are really able to do it. And we've mm. seen this, you know, with the I think it was the crew coach at Harvard who who they, they mm. do such tricky ways of getting ahead where the coach um the, the, the parent buys a house that the mm. coach owns at like, you know, fifty percent. Fifty percent more. Fifty percent yeah. mock up and like, oh that's interesting. This house is probably at five hundred, you <laughs> bought out a million. I was like, oh. Mm. you know, so there's everyone there's so many and tricks that people are doing to get ahead and it's like coming from a standpoint where I'm not in a place where I can do the same things.
2: Yeah, I mean you yeah. look at it and it, it, it annoys you, right? And for most
0: of us we can't yeah. do that. Like we, yeah. we, we we can't afford to the, our parents you know, cannot mm. afford to buy a house at 50% markup because we're normal human beings and so it puts, it's like, you know, mm. like how much is my effort being v- valued? Like how much does my effort matter? Like I, am I just, I'm, am I predestined to go to a certain path, go to a certain way? Or is it really like if you put in your work, you'll see, you'll see your results.
1: And uh, a lot of the times it's um, personal connections that people mm-hmm. have through generations. Like, um, obviously, that's where children of immigrants get behind because their parents don't have like the professional, yeah, professional connections, yeah, and a mm-hmm. lot of people um, away, they, like, Get into college, or like write it on their applications. They say, "Oh, I worked at a lab this summer. Oh, I worked for a professor this summer. Mm-hmm. How did you get that position? Oftentimes, it's a parent knowing someone. Yeah, it's a family. It's a lot of and connections. And I mean, and I mean, I, 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 again, mm-hmm. we can't
0: knock people for doing that, but the reality of the matter is, like, I feel like in their, don't in, have their positions, positions. Don't have yeah. in their position, in their
2: position, it's very possible I would be doing the same. But again. It doesn't seem fair to the people who don't have the same opportunities. Yeah, and it,
0: right. it comes down to, you know, if your dad, if your dad's best friend wo- owns a lab and works at a lab, mm-hmm. then it's probably very easy for you to call him up, hey, hey, John, I need, I need to work at a lab for the summer. Can I please shadow you? Can I work for you? It's that easy. But think about mm-hmm. coming from a low-income uh, point of view, coming from a place where mm-hmm. you just don't have access to information, then, like, how do you do that? Like, how do you even, where do you come up with that idea?
2: But I think this doesn't even just, like, Talk about college. I think that talks about life in general. I mean, when you get into life, it is a lot about who you know and who you who likes you, right? I mean, if 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 someone uh, takes a liking to you, he's gonna give you that job, and, he's, and you you're obviously gonna get in a better position than someone who doesn't really know anyone and kind of go see these interviews empty-handed, right? Yeah, that's that's
0: what it is. You know, you do what you do to get ahead. But I think what what's uh, you know kind of wrap up the show. I think what's happening is that people are getting ahead, and mm-hmm. they, whether it's you know taking all these APs. For the sake of taking them Mm -hmm. not because you're interested but because you can and you can get the a and you can you know it's going to boost your grade Mm -hmm. people do do that and you know i i can't fault you for doing that it's Mm -hmm. the system is there to be broken and people do break the system and they do become successful because Mm -hmm. they broke the system so i would be it would almost i'd be butthurt if i sat here and said oh no shame on you for trying to break the system because that's not fair it's Mm -hmm. if, if the system if there's if there's ways to exploit the system and people do it and that's what it is maybe we should be fixing the system and you know i think there's so much to be talked about in terms of what education does and and how education impacts people's outcomes mm-hmm. what people be what people become in life and i think this is this is a very interesting take and obviously um, it, I just think it's interesting, and it, it just like mm. you can even see in the halls in Belmont High School, you see like, hey, that kid got that position because their dad knew someone, mm-hmm. and they got into that school, and it's not faulting them because their dad mm. worked at admissions or their parents worked at admissions. It's interesting, mm-hmm. but you know, there's if there's a way, there's a means, or there's a means to a way. So you got to figure <laughs> out, you got to figure out how you get there. You know, <laughs> but I think it's interesting. Yeah, oh. Do you guys have any uh, closing remarks, any takes?
2: Try your best. You, you can only control what you can control and I mean you're gonna do your best and You could control hopefully.
0: your SAT if you could take an extra class.
2: Yeah, but I mean, if you can't, I mean, you you're gonna have to look account. at the other opportunities. I mean, look at Khan Academy, which I mean, I guess Gil has a big bone to pick with Khan Academy, yeah. but I think it's I still think yeah, it's a great resource. Watching, please reach hey, out, Please reach AP out. Physics is yeah. <laughs> very helpful. I got me through AP hey, Physics. Khan for
0: math. Honestly, I'd recommend it. It gets the job done. It's free as of now. The
1: mm-hmm. point system is very encouraging. Yes, it's helped me out a lot. The little stars. Mm-hmm. Yes, they do. yeah right? sixth grade me. It's the small Loved victories it. that matter.
0: Yeah, it's small victories. yeah, this actually kind of wraps up with it with the 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 show. of the show. The small that matter. Don't worry about, you know, getting to your best school. Mm-hmm. How about worry about enjoying that class and, you know, really learning from that mm-hmm. class. And you know, some teachers in Belmont High School say, Don't worry about your grades because you should be worried about learning. Mm-hmm. It sounds wild, but <laughs> that's actually a good idea. Some
2: people think it's crazy. Some, some, some people think, think, all think all it's all crazy people a crazy idea of enjoying learning. Yeah. Very
0: nice. But you know, the moment you try it you realize, oh, it makes a class a whole lot better yeah. when you are interested in the topic and when you mm-hmm. are interested in taking something out mm-hmm. at the end of the year. So that's the perspective. K Chen, any closing remarks?
1: Uh, no, pretty good. Alrighty, I think yeah. that's
0: been our show. Uh, thank you for joining us. It's been your host, Kirsten Boyle, Katarina Chen, and Paul Muser. <laughs>